Blog Talk Radio. This is the EWN Radio Network. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third generation minister and business coach. Join Steve and his guests to get answers to your questions and help break through to the next level in your business. Hi, this is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Aren't you glad to be back again today? I am just so excited to be here with you. I was just telling our guests that this is kind of my guilty pleasure, getting to be on the air with you guys, talking to you, uh, thriving myself, and helping you find a way to thrive in your life and business. So thank you so much for all of you that are listening today. I really appreciate it. The question I have for you today is, What is the thought that goes through our mind when we begin to start thinking about our potential clients? I've found that often we actually start out wrong. There's an old saying that what starts out right ends up right, and what starts out wrong may never get right. The thing that we need to understand with our potential clients is they and us are part of what is called a tribe. A tribe is very simply the people that are just like you, that um, they may be your potential clients, they may be your peers that you work with. The tribe is all made up of those people that are just like you. You know, birds of a feather flock together. And what we find in a tribe is people like to work with people that they like, admire, and trust. And that like, admire, and trust comes from the fact that you actually contribute to the group. You're not just the kind of person who comes in and immediately starts pitching someone. All of us know what that's like, both in person and on the Internet. You know that person that comes right into the group and immediately starts inviting everybody um, you know, to go to some kind of new thing that they're doing. Uh, None of us like to just be pitched. We like to talk to our friends about what we're doing and to hear from them what they're doing. And then when either we need to refer somebody to something that a friend of ours is doing or when we need something, those are the people we think of. Uh, the, The folks that are so hardcore selling us and aren't interested in our lives are not normally the people who uh, you know we really think of when it comes those times to look for people to help us or to refer others. So to help me out with this today, I am so blessed to be joined by an absolute guru in the industry, a total expert at the concept of social marketing and online marketing. His name is Don Crowther. Now I got to tell you, Kathy actually was in a group back in 2007 called StomperNet. And Don introduced to that group, which um, there's a lot of people in there that were big names. Uh, We could talk, you know, name drop all day. But Don was actually the person in that group that introduced all of them to the fact that Facebook was the next up and coming thing. So when he says that he's an expert at social marketing and online marketing and social media and those kind of things, Don really actually knows his stuff. We are so blessed to have him pour into us today some things about how to be effective on your social media. With that said, join me in welcoming Don. Hi, Don. How are you today? Hi, Steve. I am wonderful, and I'm so looking forward to this talk. Oh, me too. And, so and if you, you can did tell that us... introduction, I was thinking about 2007, so that's 
eight years ago, we started all this process of talking about social media. And the interesting thing is at that particular time, MySpace was the real giant out there. And Facebook was just this little pipsqueak of a company (laughs) that had just gotten to the point where they allowed people to be able to uh, join Facebook without having to have a university.edu email address. And it was just starting it, but it was so clear that MySpace was going to die because of one of the reasons we just taught you just talked about, and the Facebook was going to thrive. Because what MySpace did, and I don't know how many of you remember MySpace, uh, and it's still around, but in those days, the, the mistake that MySpace did was that Everywhere you went on MySpace, there was somebody, something, some company trying to sell you something. Mm. Unfortunately, most of it was people selling dating services. So at the time, I was, so I'm 55 now, so I would have been 47, happily married for 23 years at that point in time, and they're trying to sell me teenage dating services. It's like, (laughs) you know how old I am, you know my marital status. Why are you showing me these ads over and over again? And I looked at that and I said, you know what? This is going to be the downfall of them. And sure enough, it didn't take long until it was because Facebook Mm -hmm. came in, stripped out a lot of that, controlled it in a lot better way, and only showed ads that really appealed to someone's wants and needs. And that's why Facebook has been able to thrive. Now, some people would argue that Facebook has gone the way of MySpace right now and is starting to show things and allow things. And who knows? The question is, what's the Facebook killer? I don't think we know that answer yet. So That's awesome. Yeah, actually, it's funny. Kathy and I were actually talking this morning about the fact that they were allowing people without EDU email addresses, but you still had to at least say you were associated with a college. Um, and a lot of people were lying about what college they were going to at that time. Um, and everybody was on MySpace. And, and now, I mean, if you if you went up to one of our teenagers and said, you know, hey, uh, do you have a MySpace account? They'd look at you like you ask them if you had two heads. Um, so, Don, just real briefly, for people who aren't familiar with you, can you tell us a little bit about your background? What got you to where you are now? So I graduated from college with a degree in marketing. Uh then went to University of Virginia's uh, Darden School of Business, which is a graduate school. It was the seventh ranked in the nation at the time. And from there, went and spent 10 years marketing the big brands that you buy in grocery stores and uh, departments, not department stores, but the kinds of stores. So I worked for Kimberly Clark and ConAgra and SC Johnson Wax selling all kinds of different things from a marketing. So I'm a classic, classically trained marketer who was running 100, 200 million dollar brands out there. Then uh, 22 years ago, I uh, came to the point where that was no longer working for me. I I have too much of an entrepreneur in me, and I decided to go out on my own. And so I hung out my shingle as a marketing consultant. And at that period of time, the Internet was just starting to get interesting. So this is 1993, late 93, well, it's early 1994. And um, and I am starting to create 
I'm starting to pay attention to the internet and I start playing with it and created a couple of websites and immediately jumped to the top of the search engines that were out there. So at the time it was Lycos and Alta Vista, which two names that no one knows anymore, but are near and dear to my heart because they created my career because I quickly figured out that my mind worked the way the internet does. And the beauty of it was that I figured out that I could fairly quickly succeed because if you just use systems and do them over and over again, you can truly succeed online. And the beauty of it was in those days, the people who were online were either engineers, people who could code things, or they were like artists, people who would make pretty things. And I was a marketer who had an artistic bent and knew how to code things. And so that enabled me to start a whole business of my own. So I created websites for a number of years, then I went off and started teaching people how to I, – I then started – sending people traffic. And so my company did traffic. And then a number of years ago, I decided that what I really love doing is teaching. And so now my business is figuring out what's working, figuring out what those formulas are, and then teaching other people how to make these work in their own lives. Great. Um, you know, one of the things that I enjoy doing is you have weekends that you do that are called Just Go Do This Stuff Weekends. For those of you that aren't familiar with Don, just go do this is Don's kind of tag phrase that he uses in his emails. Um, and the just go do this stuff weekend is so much fun because you take one little task like I had my book all written and I just needed to create a landing page for it so that anybody could actually know it existed, let alone maybe buy it. Um, and so that's what I did for that weekend. And you basically start what do we start Friday evening, uh, yeah, Friday late Friday. afternoon? Yeah, and and, and uh, what we know. do is it's it's a time it's a weekend that's devoted to doing something that you just haven't gotten done that you know is a major thing that if you did it it would have major results in your business. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just so great because you know Don will come in with. Uh, you know, some motivational things and how are you doing? There's a group so you can interact back and forth with the people that are working that same weekend with you. And I was really excited. Plus, I got some good feedback. You know, the first cover that I put out, well, picture of the cover on the site that I put out didn't look that great. You know, and some people called me on it. They said, well, you know, honestly, I wouldn't buy this because it looks kind of gross. <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> and that helped. And, and, and so what I actually did was I talked to my graphic artist wife and said, you know, honey, really, actually, I should have you make the cover instead of <laughs> hacking it. Always myself. a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's those kind of things. You know, Don, one of the things that I respect the most about you is the fact that Probably 80% of the emails I get from you on your mailing list, um, they're promoting other people. I mean, you have really bought into the concept that there's enough of the world to share with everybody else. Can you say a little bit about that to, to us? I believe strongly that there is no such thing as a competitor. There's only a partner who has not figured it out yet. And there are ways that you can work together to make money together. And the interesting thing is there are things that you're really good at, that you ought to be selling what it is that you're really good at 
whether it's a product or a service or information or whatever, to other people. But there's all kinds of places where you're not an expert in that or your product won't fill those needs. Yet you've got an audience who wants to have those needs resolved for them. And so why not expose those products, services, information, whatever it is that other people have that fill needs that you don't to your audience who doesn't come to you because they want to buy your product. They come to you because they want their problem solved. Absolutely. I love that. You know, we were talking a couple of weeks ago about procrastination. And one of the things that we identified with Trudy was the fact that one of the things is overwhelm. People get overwhelmed. And what a lot of the overwhelm comes from is because we are identifying ourselves as the source, as responsible for every single solitary thing that needs to get done rather than realizing that sometimes the best thing you can do is to let somebody else shine their brilliance uh, in your company rather than hacking your way through it yourself uh, just because you're supposed to do it. Um, I think that's really important for us to remember. In fact, it's so important that I'm going to encourage all of you to take this commercial break to think about what are the things that I keep doing myself that, as Jessica Butts would say, you suck at. <laughs> and maybe, maybe I should let those go. So think about that a little bit, and we will be right back. I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs. Hi, this is Sandra Yancey, and I'm the founder and CEO of eWomen Network. I'm looking to connect with the woman I've just described who lives in your community so that we might have a conversation about how eWomen Network's proven success system can provide her a platform to elevate her success and ability to support women in business. Our international community of managing directors are influencing the speed of success for women in business around the world. If that sounds like something that you want to be part of or know someone we should talk with, send an email to managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. That's managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. And let's start the conversation. Hi, this is Steve Kidd, the host of Thriving Entrepreneur. I want you to know you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose. The world needs you. As some of you know, I'm blessed to work with my amazing wife, Kathy, and together we want to help you thrive. Our website is wehelpyouthrive.com. That's what we're passionate about. That is what we do. We help you thrive in both your life and your business. We are so excited to be bringing to you Thriving Entrepreneur every week, and we want to help you thrive in every aspect of your life and business. To show you how grateful we are for you listening to our show, and more importantly, to help you on your road as a thriving entrepreneur, I have recorded Chapter 1 of my book, 10 Things You Must Have to Thrive in Life and Business. This chapter is about finding and following your passion. I wrote it with the intent of helping you find and develop your passion so that you will 
share your unique brilliance with the world. You know that we are created for a purpose, and we want to help you shine. So just for listening, we are giving you the expanded audio version of Chapter 1 of 10 Things You Must Have to Thrive in Life and Business. To have all you do be something that you are passionate about. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com forward slash radio and enter your name and email address. Go to wehelpyouthrive.com forward slash radio to hear about all our shows and to get your free gift today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. Hi, this is Steve and I'm here with my very special guest, Don Crowther. Don, an absolute expert in social media and online marketing, is here sharing his brilliance with us today. And what we'd like for you to share with us now, Don, is what is the number one mistake people make when they're using social media? Ooh, great question. Okay, so so in order to answer that question, Steve, I need to just drop back into a couple of things that, that we've actually already mentioned. Uh the the first one is that we talked about what happened with with MySpace and the mistake that they made of uh constantly trying to sell people things. And then we talked a little bit about how um people want to build relationships. Let me say this in a different way. That what people want out of a relationship with you as a company. Now, I'm assuming here that we're talking about you as a business person, not you as an individual that's sharing pictures of your dog. And so not your personal Facebook account, but the business side of what you're doing. Okay. Because they're 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 remarkably different. You should have a personal Facebook account where you just talk with your friends, your buddies, your your kids, whatever it is, and there you can share the pictures of cats dancing on piano keys and and talk about the weather, <laughs> the your favorite team or whatever it is. But on your business side, it's very very different. And so what most people do is they don't think through what do people want from people they do business with. So, for example, my house uh, is is needing painting. And so we've had a couple of people come by to, to, to give us bids on, on a new paint job. And the interesting thing is, what happens is these people come in, some of them have wanted to like develop a quote relationship right at first and so they want to spend 20 minutes with pictures of their cat with telling me about how where they went to school and what they did and everything and what, what I really want to know is how are you going to keep my paint from peeling how long is it going to to take to do this and how much is it going to cost I am fine getting to know them personally in that process but I want like 30 seconds of getting to know you personally, and then cross the bar of telling me that you're competent, able, and affordable, and then we can get to know each other personally a little bit more. And so what ends up happening is that what people assume is that what works for them personally on Facebook 
also works for them as a business person. You know, I really don't care what my plumber had for lunch that day, who he's going to vote for, or how many or whether or not he thinks this particular video is cool or not. I simply <laughs> don't care. And when I see my plumber wanting to communicate those kinds of things with me, I am going to, number one, not engage with him, which means that I won't be seen more. So by not liking, by not commenting, by not replying, sharing, those kinds of things, that is I am not engaging with that post. And what that means is the more posts of his that I see and I don't engage with, the fewer of them I'm going to see. That's part of the algorithm that Facebook and, and other services use to determine what you see on your Facebook newsfeed. Okay? So what you need to do is you need to recognize that when people come to you as a business person and want to create a relationship with you as a business person, what they want to know is information about what you do and your expertise as a business, what they don't want to know is all those other things, what you ate for lunch, who you're going to vote for, what religion you are, uh, whether or not you really like Dancing with the Stars. All that stuff, that is, unless it's part of your business, is not something you want to know about your chiropractor. You just want to know, how do I get straight teeth? Or for my dentist, how do I keep my teeth healthy and white? For my plumber, how do I keep by plumbing from clogging and you know all those kinds of things are the information that people are looking to you as a business person to learn so what's the biggest mistake that people make in social media as a business person is that they they work on trying to build a relationship outside of their business as opposed to trying to build a relationship based upon what they do as a business does that make sense? That's yeah, it really does, and and I know there's a lot of people that struggle with that, and and often you know you get those from business contacts that that are sending you just the craziest things, and you're like you just skip over it, you don't read it, and so if you don't read other people that are sending you that kind of thing, it only makes sense that the people you're sending those kind of things to probably aren't reading them either. Um, so it brings up a good question, Don. Uh, what what are the things a person should be doing to create a relationship as a business with their online market and their social media? You ask, you're asking exactly the right questions, Steve. I really appreciate the fact that you're tuned in here and you're really giving back the kinds of things that that our audience really wants to know. Before I answer that, can I give one small one small rant here? Yeah, I can't absolutely. tell you how many times in the last couple of weeks I have seen posts that say, you know what, your posting about your favorite presidential candidate is not going to change my mind. Mm. <laughs> and may I make a suggestion that you, as a business person, as we approach a key election cycle in the United States, at least, I know England's just recently been through one, that there's a number of places that are, that are, that are going through these your business social media channels are not the place to try to convert people to your political candidates, your religion, your lifestyle, whatever it is. It's not going to do that, and all it will do is make people mad and cause them to leave you. Now, the people who agree with you, that's fine, but is it worth it 
to be able to spout off about whatever your favorite candidate is and lose half of your audience or three-fourths of your audience. <laughs> I'd suggest it's not. So just keep that in mind when you start seeing this pick up as, at least in the U.S., the election cycle continues and becomes much more intense. So back to your question, Steve. What do we put up to build that relationship? So here's the thing that I do. This comes from my training all those years of school and 10 years of running 100 million plus brands. What I've learned is is that the, the core of any successful marketing venture, which your business being communicating online, uh, online and social media is a marketing venture, is to identify what your potential customer wants and needs. Mm -hmm. And that's what you talk about. So I like to start with the customer. I sit down and I say, okay, I run a company that helps people learn how to build their business online. And so I sit down on a regular basis about once every three months. I take out a blank page in a notebook and I start writing down what are all the things that my potential customer wants and needs in the area of business, building their business online. And I make a long list, and it might be 10 pages in my moleskin, of all the things that I can see that they, that they need. Then I simply go through and prioritize them. And those are the posts that I am going to be putting up on my social media, that I'm going to be putting up on my blog, that I'm going to be creating YouTube videos about, that I'm going to be sharing things on Instagram about, that I'm going to – and I could go on and on. That is the list. And by the way, from that list are the, the products that I then eventually create and sell to that marketplace. So mm. everything's based upon what my – customer and potential customer really wants and needs so what's the let's just imagine that you could wipe the slate clean and you can by the way you can start today with your business social media and wipe the slate clean and do it in a different way than you ever have done before so what you could do like tonight is you could go and write a blog post that answers a key question that your audience has about what it is that you offer, the product, service, information, whatever that is in your particular marketplace, and write a blog post that either gives them a tip, answers a question, or helps them to achieve a goal they've got in that area. Then take that blog post, post that to your social media. What you've just done there is you have done a couple of things. First thing is everyone who's following you for the right reason because they want to know more about what it is that you that, that you sell, your expertise, your company's focus is now happier because they got more interest in that. Everybody who could care less about that is now repulsed by you and begins to leave, which is exactly what you want. Because remember, we talked about Facebook only shows posts to people who engage with you. And if they're not engaging with you, you want them out of there so that Facebook says, hey, this person has a remarkable engagement rate. And so then it starts showing your post to more people. So you want to repulse the people who are not potential customers from you, which is exactly wow. another reason why you absolutely should avoid anything 
that is not based around your core business on your social media. So if you're talking about the Packers and someone's a Cowboys fan, you could get people to follow you because you're a Packers fan. Well, they may not be in the market at all to buy what you sell. And so therefore, you don't want them following you. You only want people who are interested in what you have to sell. Now, Don, does that uh, does that engagement does that only affect your Facebook page, or is that also for a personal profile? So remember, your personal profile is where you you never want your business clients to be friends with you on your business profile, on your personal profile. Sorry, on your personal profile. That's where you have your close friends, the people you were roommates with in college, your your family, those kinds of things. And there you can be as free to discuss whatever you want because it's behind a friendship uh, firewall where only your friends are seeing that. But for your business – now, this raises a key question I think we should address after this next break, which is, but Don, isn't it good to have a personality reflected in your business world? And I think that's a really good thing we should talk about, but it'll take enough time that I think we should talk about it about after this next break. Sounds good. So let's take a break, and when we come back, we will talk to you about how to have a personality and still be a business. We'll be right back. This is the EWN Radio Network. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. One of my mottos for business owners is, you can't do it alone. Whether you're in the startup stage of your business or you're scaling, you can't grow without relationships to provide support, wisdom, and new customers. eWomen Network is your home to connect with other women entrepreneurs who have been where you are or are experiencing the same challenges. We have chapters across the U.S. and Canada that have monthly events featuring our trademarked process called Accelerated Networking to ensure you get the contacts, resources, and leads you need to grow your business. And once you become a member, you get many benefits, including two one-on-one coaching sessions, unlimited access to our membership database, your own personal profile page, and discounts on products and services with our business partners, such as UPS and American Express Open. Join the eWomen Network community and let us help you live your dream. For details, visit eWomenNetwork.com. Hi, this is Steve Kidd, the host of Thriving Entrepreneur. I want you to know you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose. The world needs you. As some of you know, I'm blessed to work with my amazing wife, Kathy, and together we want to help you thrive. Our website is wehelpyouthrive.com. That's what we're passionate about. That is what we do. We help you thrive in both your life and your business. We are so excited to be bringing to you Thriving Entrepreneur every week, and we want to help you thrive in every aspect of your life and business. To show you how grateful we are for you listening to our show, and more importantly, to help you on your road as a thriving entrepreneur, I have recorded Chapter 1 of my book, 10 Things You Must Have to Thrive in Life and Business. This chapter is about finding and following your passion. I wrote it with the intent of helping you find and develop your passion so that you will share your unique brilliance with the world. You know that we are created for a purpose, 
and we want to help you shine. So just for listening, we are giving you the expanded audio version of Chapter 1 of 10 Things You Must Have to Thrive in Life and Business. To have all you do be something that you are passionate about. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com forward slash radio and enter your name and email address. Go to wehelpyouthrive.com forward slash radio to hear about all our shows and to get your free gift today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. Hi, this is Steve and I'm here with Don Crowther. We are talking to you about your social media, how to be effective and how to have your tribe be part of your team. The big piece of that is going to be having relationships. And uh, so we were talking about some of the things you shouldn't do and some of the comments that really aren't necessary to make. But, Don, you brought up a great point. You do still want to have a personality. You don't want it to be flat and just boring to read because nobody's going to read that either. So how is the business? Do you give the business a personality that's effective? Okay. So I actually want to want to look at what you just said, which is that you – want to have a personality. So some businesses don't want to have a personality. Uh, they may want their brands to have a personality. So for example, if you go look at um, at Crest, what is the personality of Crest? I'm not really sure. But Snuggles, which is a product that at least originally was from the same company, clearly learned that that bear bouncing in the soft towels increased sales and so they put a personality on that now pampers again same company procter and gamble pampers uses baby pampers have a personality no but their cute babies do and so recognize that uh your auto dealerships so most auto dealerships don't try to have a personality but every once in a while in every market there's the guy who comes in with a big hat and he says, come on over to Joe's and I'll give you a great deal. And, you know, and, and oftentimes they're yelling at the camera and things like that. And, and, and that's great for the people that like to hear cameras yelled at. And other people are going to be repelled by that. And so just recognize that not every business needs a personality to succeed. But, and by the way, if you have a personality for your business and that personality is based on one person, then a couple of things happen. The first thing is it's difficult to sell the company later on if you are that person. So if you're not planning to go with the company and your entire business is based upon your personality, that actually decreases your selling price later on when you try to sell your business. But let's take progressive auto insurance right now. So we've got Flo, this the woman character Flo on the on the progressive ads, mm -hmm. uh, the name your price tool, and all those things. So they've done a lot of things with Flo, and Flo is probably uh, my guess is she's probably made somewhere in the tens of millions of dollars, if not a hundred million dollar dollars or more, from her residuals, the payments you receive as an average, as a as a star, every time that ad shows, she gets a small amount of money. And so Flo doesn't well, she's not part of the company, but they could sell progressive to another company and Flo could go with them with that. 
And But someday Flo's going to die. That's one reason why Mr. Clean has always been a cartoon character because Mr. Clean will never age and die. And so just start thinking about that. It's part of the branding and positioning that we do of do you want to do that? And then if you do want to do that, do you want your brand, your personality for your company to be your personality or a company personality or a, or a spokesperson personality? And that spokesperson can even be a created spokes thing like the Geico Gecko. Okay, mm-hmm. so – I, I really haven't looked at Geico's social media, but my guess is the Gecko posts from time to time. And so that's one where they've chosen a spokes personality and had that one give the the personality to the brand. Okay, so let's step back for a minute and say, let's just assume for a minute that you make the decision that is a e- fairly easy decision to make, which is my company's just starting. I'm going to put my personality into this brand, and I'll worry about selling it later on. Right now, I need to pay the bills. And so I'm going to go ahead and put my personality into this brand. Okay, so now what you need to look at is, number one, what parts of your personality are consistent with how you want your company to be positioned. So I'm going to suggest to you that cat videos are rarely part of the positioning that you want to have as a company. Now, it could be that if your cat if your company sells cat things then maybe maybe it is, but in most cases just simply communicating whatever's currently hot in the general marketplace is not going to do that. And you may also find that you have certain elements of your personality that you don't want to tie into your business. So if you're highly opinionated about a political, religious, or lifestyle kind of thing, you may or may not want that to be part of it. You know, there's some companies really do well. You know, we're the Christian auto dealer or we're the gay restaurant or whatever. And they want to put that in, but realize that every time you do that, you select out a group of people who potentially could be interested in you. So let me just tell you how how I recommend the best way to put personality into your company is. Boy, my English teacher would have really rolled over in the grave on that sentence. But, okay, <laughs> so here's the way that I find is the best way to communicate personality. That is, tell stories and then drive a lesson from that story that applies to your audience. Okay, so let me give you an example of this. My daughter uh, played volleyball for her high school. When it came time for the state tournament, my daughter's volleyball team was selected as the 16th seed. So they're the, they're the team that is there to be an easy win for the number one seed in the state volleyball co- competition. Okay, so... Everyone knew that they were supposed to lose this game. So they were out there, and this is a, a small school, so we were not by any, by any means the, the big you know, 5A or whatever schools were like 2A or something like that because it was a small school. And so these girls are out there competing, and all of a sudden, about halfway through the first match, I looked down and realized that the score was actually close. 
And I yelled mm. down to the girls, again, possible in a small gym, and I said, look at the score. You could actually beat these guys. <laughs> and I saw them all look at the scoreboard, look at each other, go into their little huddle and started jumping up and down and screaming and yelling. They got all excited, and they came out, and they actually became a different team after that. They actually won the first game. Okay, so now we're in the second game of the of the set or match. I can't remember what they're, what they're called in volleyball, but they're out there. And my daughter, who is tall and skinny and inherited her father's lack of coordination, gets up there. And for the first time I've ever seen it do this, she nails a spike. Now, she'd spiked mm. many times, but she'd never, like, smoked it. And the ball hits the ground. My daughter, who is so surprised literally lands on her rear end and stands up and everyone's screaming and yelling and everything else like that. And, and it was, again, another motivational moment that got them excited and going. Okay, so long story short, they ended up losing the the match against this number one team. But they came really close. And it made all the difference in the world for these girls of, hey, we almost beat the number one seed in the state. Now, why do I tell that story? We're talking about social media. Well, what I did was I wrote up that story as a blog post, and then at the end of it I said, so what's the lesson we can learn from this? And then I drew a lesson from that about never underestimating your capabilities and how you can accomp- you can beat the big guys if you do it right. You know, those kinds of things, Okay. So what I've just done to you here is that I've given you a story that probably emotionally attached to you a little bit. You probably have seen your, could see yourself in that position somehow. So I told a story that created emotion that showed that I have a daughter, that showed that I love my daughter, that showed that uh, it gave several elements of my personality and revealed them. And then in the end, I twisted the story around to a meaning that actually gives business knowledge, and in my case, gives the kinds of information that my audience wants, and so they get something valuable out of it besides hearing a good story. To me, that's one of the very best ways to do this personality piece. You can then talk about your grandkids. You can even talk about your cat. As long as each time you talk about one of those things, in the end, you draw a conclusion that results in your audience getting more of what they want as opposed to more of what you just want to tell them. That's Absolutely. a I love system that. that really works, a system that really works. Oh, yeah, I really love that. It's, it, you know, it's effective, it's personal, um, but it, it needs to relate to something. It needs to be more than just aren't cats funny when they fall off of things? Okay, yes. what is that? How does that help me get my roof repaired? You know? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. Well, this break is going to be just a little bit different than the rest of them. We're actually going to talk through this break. And I do want to let everybody know that Kathy and I are excited to bring people to you on Thriving Entrepreneur. And there's nothing more exciting for me than when we are able to get somebody of Don's caliber that's willing to come and spend an hour with us and really invest their time in your life and in your business. And so, Don, I'd really just like to know 
Um, what are the kind of things that you have available that people are like, okay, Don, you gave me lots of really great ideas. Where do I go from here? How, how could they work with you? What what, what could a person do to uh, contact you and do business with you? Okay. I actually have 10 separate courses that I teach about how to build your business online. And core place that you can find out more about me and, and how to get those courses and how to get some free information from me and things like that is at doncrowther.com. So that's D-O-N-C-R-O-W-T-H-E-R.com. And once you're there, go ahead and opt in and you'll find some sections there where you'll be able to go find some of the products that I offer and some of the free stuff that I offer. And there's always the blog there and that's, and there's also links out to my social media from there so that you can follow me everywhere. So the best thing to do is just to go to doncrowther.com and that'll start tying you into what I do, how I do it. And then we've got some things like live events, uh, they're a lot of fun and really nail and help people's businesses. And you can even go as, as far as personal consulting and, and mastermind kinds of offerings from me where I get more and more involved in giving you direct advice for your business. I appreciate that so much. I really do encourage all of you, doncrowther.com. Um, it is totally worth your time. I guarantee you that even just getting on Don's basic email list you will be given resources and access. We talked about this earlier in the episode about the fact that, you know, Don is constantly promoting products and services that will help you enhance your business. He does that totally free um, and, and he's very, very giving in that. It is uh, perhaps all the email lists that I'm on, and there's over the years been a lot of them. It's probably the one I look forward to the most because very, very rarely do I get an email from Don that I don't, that I just don't look at. You know, I mean, there are some emails you get from people that are like, yeah, I should check that out later. And let's be honest, we never get back to it. But, but um, I, I would say I probably have about an 85-ish percent open rate on on emails that Don sends to me. And, well, good um, for you. you know, I appreciate that. <laughs> Well, you know, like I said, Don, I'm just so grateful. And there's been a ton of tools, you know, and he'll send it to you. And, and it's not like expensive tools. It's not like, and then every week you can expect to get an email from Don and he's going to ask you to spend another $1,000. I'm talking sometimes he sends you stuff that are like, you know, if you spent five bucks on this product, it would revolutionize your social media. I mean, who doesn't have five bucks? Don't have coffee the third time today. You know I mean? <laughs> So I encourage you again, that's doncrowther.com. It is worth your time. Definitely check it out. And let me just make so Don, a point here. I'm not, I don't try to sell you in every single email. There's off, there's a lot of other good information that comes too, but I try oh, to, yeah. to share when I find a resource that my audience really could use, I'll recommend it. That's part of what I do. So. Yeah, absolutely. Totally, totally worth it to be on Don's newsletter. Uh, any advice you can get. I always tell people, um, you know, surround yourself with people that are smarter than you because it'll make you look brilliant. And um, so if any of you have ever gotten anything good out of anything we've done here on Thriving Entrepreneur, Don is one of those people that I have uh, pouring into me through his email and stuff like that that helps me look like I'm smarter than I probably am. So thank you, Don. I appreciate that. <laughs> 
You're welcome. Apparently, I'm doing my job. I'm making you look smarter than you are. <laughs> okay. Well, good. I appreciate that. So um, we've got a few minutes here still that we want to pour into people. Um, I have two questions um, that basically have to do with what can people do immediately. And my first question is, um, why? What? what is one thing a person can identify in their social media that's the reason why it's not working? Uh do you have an answer for that? Okay. So if you want to, to look at your social media, your business social media, simply go back and look at the last 50 posts that you that you ran. Number one, if there are more than two or three posts in that that try to sell something, too many sales messages. Number two, if there are more than two or three posts in there that are not based upon what it is that you sell, product, service, information, whatever that is, then you're posting too many. Simply clean up your act in the future. Don't post as many and you will significantly increase your followers who are following you for the right reason. Remember, as I said, you want to polarize your audience. You want to drive the people away who aren't potential buyers for you and to give the people who are potential buyers for you for you exactly the information that they know, that they want and need. That's that's a good point. I mean, I think a lot of people either are going to find if they look back at their most recent 50 posts that either there's a lot of sales content in there or um there's a lot of fluff in there that just really isn't worth it. Uh, you know, and let's face it, if if it's not interesting to read, then people probably aren't going to read it. Um, just because a, a tweet is short does not necessarily mean that everybody's going to take the time to read those 140 characters, let alone, you know, however long you might spew on in, in Facebook. <laughs> yeah, so, and, and realize my, what, what I said before where I talked about there's no such thing as a competitor. There's only a partner who hasn't figured it out yet. There's absolutely no reason why you shouldn't regularly post social media posts about some of the best stuff that's being done by other people in your marketplace. So you're not the only expert on what it is that you do. And so why not? So let's look at this at two levels. The first level is let's say you're a chiropractor in Chicago and you see a great article written by a chiropractor in Long Beach. Why not point your people to that chiropractor in Long Beach. When someone throws out their back, they're not getting on a plane to fly to Long Beach. That guy's not your competitor. So mm. you can send people to his stuff totally safely without any worries. Now, let's take somebody that's more direct competitor. So I refer people to my direct competitor's posts all the time. Why would I do that? Because what it does is it clearly tells my audience Don is in this not for himself. He's in it for me. Don is is sharing with me the very best stuff out there. And I believe that that has given me trust. I have a number of people who say, you know what? When someone comes out with a big product, I go see if you have an affiliate link first before I buy it from someone else because you've developed my trust because you've shown me so many things over the years that helped me to build my business regardless of who it comes from. And I think that trust factor is so important. I remember I said at the beginning of the episode, and it is very true, we buy from people that we like, admire, and trust. If a person doesn't trust you, uh, I mean, think about it. If you've been treated badly in a store, 
you will walk out and go to another store. Um, so why would a person who is online that can click the back button and go to 10 other results on that one page of a Google search uh, continue going on with you if you haven't built that trust factor with them? Um, you know, so it's really important that uh, that you let people trust you. I, I appreciate that, Don. I appreciate how giving and sharing you are. My other question for you was, um, what is the number one thing if if a person has listened to this whole hour and um, you know they really want to make a big impact with their business social media, what's the number one thing a person should do immediately to really start being effective in social media? Let me give you just one piece of background, and that is your blog is the core of your social media. And so you should recognize that your blog not only is part of your social media, it's your core of your social media. All your other social media should be pointing people into your blog. That's part of the purpose of those other social media things is to become a referral source for your blog posts. So the number one thing that I would do is that I would go to my very highest traffic blog posts from the past and do this for every blog post you do in the future and create what we call a meme image for it. So a meme image. Now you see these all the time. It's a picture with some words on it. And so it, you oftentimes see, I don't always do this, but when I do, I do that. You've seen that picture a lot of the of the guy. Or you see the baby, you know, going, hmm. And you see some comment. Those are meme images. But what you can do with, with a meme image, and the reason why I'm talking about this is because meme images are some of the most shared items on social media. And they have the highest engagement. So what you ought to be doing is, let's say you're going to write a blog post. Write your blog post and then go create an image that's a very interesting image. And then write at the top of it the headline for your blog post or maybe something that will cause people to want to click on that, then down at the bottom of it, put your URL for your for your blog. Not the whole thing, not you know, the slash two thousand fifteen slash whatever. Don't put all that stuff. Just the URL dongcrowther.com down at the bottom. And then take that picture and post it as in your blog post. In fact, what I actually recommend is you do two meme images per blog post. So one post that has the headline, an image, and your URL down at the bottom, and then a separate one where you take something profound or something interesting you said in that blog post and just turn that one sentence into a meme post also, where you take that one sentence and put it on top of a picture and then put your URL down at the bottom. Put both of those into your blog post. What you will see is an almost instantaneous increase in the amount of social sharing and traffic that you get to that particular blog post. People are going to post it up on Facebook, on Twitter, and Pinterest, Pinterest is one of the most powerful tools out there anywhere in social media, and you're going to see it start to just drive traffic like crazy. So if I was to do one thing, I would go create meme images for everything you create in the future and go back to your most popular posts and do them for those also. Start tonight. It's not hard. And as Don would say at the end of his emails, now just go do this stuff. Couldn't oh, agree more. Hey, Don. So Please just do. go do this stuff. All right. 
Don, so thanks so much for spending your time today and really pouring into us. We really, really appreciate having you on the show today. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it being here. And I hope everybody got some good thoughts coming out of this and are going to go make a difference in their own business. Absolutely. Remember, folks, you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose. The world needs you. We're here to help you anytime you need. Next week, we're going to be talking to you about your marketing and about being real in your marketing. So it's going to tag right on top of what Don was teaching us this week, and it'll be available for you next week. In the meantime, go out and live as a thriving entrepreneur. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. Hi, this is Steve Kidd, the host of Thriving Entrepreneur. I want you to know you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose. The world needs you. As some of you know, I'm blessed to work with my amazing wife, Kathy, and together we want to help you thrive. Our website is wehelpyouthrive.com. That's what we're passionate about. That is what we do. We help you thrive in both your life and your business. We are so excited to be bringing to you Thriving Entrepreneur every week, and we want to help you thrive in every aspect of your life and business to show you how grateful we are for you listening to our show and more importantly to help you on your road as a thriving entrepreneur i have recorded chapter one of my book 10 things you must have to thrive in life and business this chapter is about finding and following your passion i wrote it with the intent of helping you find and develop your passion so that you will share your unique brilliance with the world. You know that we are created for a purpose, and we want to help you shine. So just for listening, we are giving you the expanded audio version of Chapter 1 of 10 Things You Must Have to Thrive in Life and Business. To have all you do be something that you are passionate about. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com forward slash radio and enter your name and email address. Go to wehelpyouthrive.com forward slash radio to hear about all our shows and to get your free gift today. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.